0: hello and welcome to inside music episode number 104 i'm your host james shotwell we have a fantastic show for you this week if you'll recall at the beginning of february we launched a new series focusing on up-and-coming artists who are at the cusp of becoming the next big thing we started by featuring youth and revolt an alternative rock band quickly making their way through the warp tour echelon and followed it with underground sensations carousel kings a pop-punk band from lancaster pennsylvania Today, we are abandoning the world of rock and heading to Louisville, Kentucky, for a conversation with Jack Harlow, an up-and-coming rapper who is quickly making a name for himself on the international stage. Now, my discovery of Jack Harlow was a complete act of random chance. I was listening to something on Spotify... And for those who don't know, when you finish an album or a song on Spotify, the system will automatically generate another song by another artist that it feels you might enjoy. In my case, I was listening to Saba, and when I finished his latest EP, it switched over to Jack Harlow's song Ice Cream, which we are using as an introduction today. I fell in love immediately. I don't know really how to explain it to somebody who hasn't been there themselves, but as you're a fan of this podcast, I have to assume you have. It's that moment when someone plays you something you've never heard before, and the only thing you want is to know everything that artist has ever done. You want to consume all their songs, you want to watch all the videos, you want to see them on tour. You are all in from point one, and that's what happened with me and Jack Harlow. I reached out to his management knowing I wanted to chat with him on the show, and that's when I realized that this... Kentucky native is also just 18 years old. He graduated high school last spring just before releasing his big record, 18, which is the album on which Ice Cream appears. And at first I got a little worried, and here's why. This is just me being completely honest with you. After a decade in music writing, I've learned that when you speak to somebody who is still very much new to the music industry, despite how much success they may have found, there can sometimes be a disconnect in the ability to have a really in-depth conversation about what it is they are doing within the industry. Many young artists are still finding their footing. They don't really know exactly where they're going or how they're going to get there, but I'm happy to report that that is not the case with Jack Harlow. From the team he has surrounded himself with to the words he speaks himself, which you will hear here in a second, Jack Harlow has a strong head on his shoulders. He knows what he wants out of this industry, and he is doing his best to figure out how to get there without sacrificing an ounce of quality or who he feels he is as an artist. I've spoken to at least 100 people through the course of this show, and I have to say that Jack is one of the most well-spoken young artists I have yet to meet in my time in this industry, and I really think that that tells us something about how far he can go. Jack doesn't need you to explain the way the industry works, he's already amassed quite a digital following, he's gotten covered by almost every major hip-hop publication, and he has co-signs from a growing number of notable hip-hop artists. In this episode, he walks me through his entire career, including the time he almost signed a record deal with Def Jam at just 14 years old. That's before he entered high school, for those of you playing at home. And then we get into how he decided to stay independent, release two records on his own, and where he finds himself right now. Jack's about to make his first trip to South by Southwest, which is some of the biggest touring he's done so far, and he's hoping to expand those efforts into 2017. He's also releasing a slew of new music, including a new song called Hitchcock that hits the internet today, February 28th, which we will use to close the show. Now, before we get to the conversation, I do need to tell you three quick things. First and foremost, this episode has some profanity. If you're not a fan of foul language, or rap music with foul language in it, please just go ahead and skip this episode. I don't need a letter from you, and I don't want to upset anybody or upset your parents, or if you're my parents, I don't want to upset you. So please, I love you, but shut off the episode. If you're still around, here's everything else you need to know. Inside Music is brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution company. What that means is that Holix helps music industry professionals share new and unreleased music without fear of piracy. For more information on Hollicks and access to a free 30-day trial, visit Hollicks.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. You should also follow us on Twitter, at InsideMusicPod, or at InsideMusicPOD. And now I'm going to get to the conversation with Jack. Like I said, the song you're about to hear is called Ice Cream. It's the lead single off his last record, 18, which is available right now. And he has another song hitting the internet today, followed by live appearances and everything else please make it a point to support this young man because he is going to be the next big thing in music and you have a chance to hop on the bandwagon early. Don't miss out. Okay. Now here's my conversation with Jack. Enjoy the show
1: know she wanna fuck with a fella like me. me they don't know for sure but they can tell i might be hey. the motherfucking man when i pull up on the spot that the kids going wild like i'm selling ice cream like i'm like i'm selling ice cream i don't really know how i can tell them nicely i'm the prince of my city yeah they know about the kid you a tourist and this bitch doing hella sightseeing huh. we've been on the move for a minute now hey. Movin' through the city with the winners down. Aye. Only got a couple months till we graduate, so ain't nobody out here really trying to sit around. I just hit her phone with that WYD. Yeah. She said, Boy, I'm down if you wanna come find me. Cool. I said, What you wearing, girl? That's something I'm trying to see. Told me come and get it, said she wanna surprise me. Bad. Give me like an hour and a half with the homies right now, and we bout to get a snack. Yeah. In the meantime, you can take a shower or a bath and relax. Wait for me, I'll be out there in a dash. Yeah. Knit, how we the wealth i can tell they don't like how we carry ourselves you tell by how we act we don't felt i can see it in your eyes that you're scared of yourself you know sure, can-
0: no problem man i am excited to have this conversation you're one of the youngest people that i think we've had on the show before but you've more than earned the uh, the right to be here i mean things are things are really going off for you right now it seems
2: yeah man everything's uh everything's good everything's a blessing um i'm just yeah i mean that's what's up i'm glad i'm the youngest that makes me feel pretty cool Um,
0: but uh yeah i'm
2: just working man i'm just trying to make some dreams come true i hope you don't damn can you hear that dog in the background (laughs)
0: just a little bit but it's fine i have heard way worse things (laughs) man i'm just i'm just trying to make sure y'all
2: have a good recording environment
0: i appreciate it man so yeah, I've. I want. I want to walk through the whole thing because I assume there's a good chunk of people listening to the show that haven't heard of you before. Just because I feel like you're somebody that, if people are into the kind of music you make, they definitely know who you are. But you haven't really gotten that like major push just yet. Like you're right there on the cusp, and it's it's about that time. Exactly. No,
2: yeah, <laughs> I feel like you just got to get right over the hump at this point. I mean, everything's like, like I consider myself, I guess, like a college basketball prospect. And like right now I'm just trying to get my draft stock up a little bit, but no, I totally agree. I just got to get over that hump and then, uh, then we can make it happen. But yeah, I haven't had that major push yet.
0: <laughs> well, I want to, I want to take it back to the beginning, man. Cause I want to give people a story. Cause I talked to, uh, I talked to your manager, Chris, the other day, great guy. One of the first times I've ever had someone be like, I got to give you all the facts about this guy before you talk to him. And, and I really liked it. Cause he told me so much about you that I, that I don't think you would just know if I Googled you. I don't, I don't feel like your whole story has gotten out there just yet. So I, I, I'm curious. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> he told me that he saw you on stage at a festival and you just blew him away. And then he kind of came into the fold. But you've, you've been rapping for a while now. Can you kind of give us a little background, like when you got started and kind of the early years before this recent Jack Harlow emergence? Right. Um, yeah.
2: Well, I started rapping probably when I was like 11 or 12. And it was just because I had an obsession with writing and expressing myself through writing, like even from my early age. So once I got to be about, yeah, like I said, 11 or 12, um, that's when I started to get into music and rap, especially just rap was a form of expression. And so I just wanted to put my own twist on it. Like, just, you know, from the start, I wanted to be myself. But, you know, it started on like a laptop with uh, one of my friends and we were using Windows Recorder. Like we were literally just recording into the laptop microphone. And we would, like, type out the raps for ourselves in Microsoft Word. And then we'd record into them. And I remember we were doing that for a while. And we would upload stuff to Facebook. Um, was, Like, right when we got Facebook. I guess, like, 12-year-olds. And we would burn some of those, like, terrible recordings onto discs. And we would sell them in middle school. And just off the hype, like, you know, we'd sell them for, like, $2. Which is so funny because, like... After that, I went a very long time without ever selling music again. It was just all released. But for some reason, like, the first music I ever made was literally sold for $2 in middle school. But, yeah, it started as early as that, and it just upgraded from there. I mean, we can get into it as much as you want to, but I would say that's exactly, like, that, that's the beginning. It was just a pure interest and just, like, fun. It was just fun. It was, it was yep. something I did for fun at first.
0: No, if I follow correctly, it did not take you that long, relatively speaking, to kind of get some attention from like outside your world. So like, how how did that happen? Like who was the first person to really take notice of your, what you were doing? Um well first, like literal
2: people were, you know, students in my middle school, other people just seeing it. But I would say, you know, the, the thing that, you know, made me really take it serious although I took it serious from the beginning in a way, but like really lock in and even make my mom realize like, wow, he's, you know, doing something. Um, I would say it was when I was about 14, I had a manager that actually works for Scooter Braun. His name's Matt Graham. Reach out to me when I was going into high school. So the summer after eighth grade and, you know, we built a relationship and eventually I was flown out to me with a couple of labels And, uh, yeah, it was all just a crazy experience. That was was definitely the first, like, you know, there was was a year there where I was kind of with him, and I, like, you know, got this preview of what the industry was like, and, you know, I guess uh, a sample of, like, what my potential could provide in a way. Like, I just kind of saw, like, oh, I'm really doing something with this. Somebody's taking notice. Like, I could make money off this. And from there, before that, but from there, it was really, like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Like I I had locked in. I'd made my decision. Like, it wasn't long after that. I, I wasn't on the fence
1: about anything.
0: And it's kind of crazy because like you said, your your parents were like that secured them in believing in you as well. I mean, I'm sure they always believed in you, but like having uh, someone like that come down and kind of tap you and say, you, could do, right. you, you can do this probably really, really got them behind you in a big way.
2: Of course. Yeah, no, it was definitely a sort of validation. Um, and like you said, they did believe in me because... You know, they just believed in me as a kid. They thought they thought I was just a good writer, even when it wasn't that good. They, you know, they could understand the potential of me. I mean, I think a lot of people that I still know now, even then when I was younger and looking back, it's like cringeworthy for me to listen to the thing they noticed then and that they tell me I had an engineer that I work with still tell me that what he noticed from a very early age was like a control like i had control over like what i was doing that didn't mean it was necessarily amazing or that good but when i was rapping like he was like you have some control to you so people saw potential like super early on like i was lucky to like not get shit on by everyone like from the start you know what i mean like i didn't have to like i didn't have to deal with a ton of why oh, you're terrible at this and like battle through a year of just discouraging comments of course there's always been people that say you know You suck, or like you can't do this, you're not very good, whatever. Like, I've had that, but from the beginning, I think like most people that heard it, whether they liked it or not, they were like, Yeah, there's some potential there.
0: Now, is anyone else in your family into music? I know you have a brother, but he does he do music?
2: No, he doesn't. He, Uh. no, I don't,
0: (laughs) there's really no like musical history. um, You're the first, my
2: immediate family. I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think that's why I was a little surprising because. You know, my parents played music around the house, but nobody, like, played instruments or, like, was musically inclined and put an
0: instrument in front of me, really. Oh, wow. So what do you, where do you think you're, so was there, like, do you have, like, a song or an album or an artist that kind of, like, really kicked, kicked you into this direction? Like, coming from a place where music wasn't something that was maybe in your, around you all the time, like, I'm curious, like, what was that firing gun for you that was, like, holy crap, music?
2: Right. Hey, um, well, it's crazy. A lot of people, like, are blown away by this, but my mom actually, like, put me on to, like, rap and hip-hop in general. She, um, she, you know, she, like, a story she tells is funny. She kind of attributes to this, to the success in, like, a joking way. She used to play uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, like, in the minivan when I was, like, two and three. Like, you know, I wasn't even old enough to, like, really influenced by the lyrics or anything but she would play that and of course that's her joke of like yeah she like got it in me early but i'll say around like eight or nine she started like putting me on the music and luckily it was like older music so like early on i was taught to kind of hear where hip-hop started you know she was she was a huge public enemy fan um she was a huge like tribe called quest fan and put me on to that music and so I started discovering, And as a white kid, of course, like, my first huge influence was Eminem. Like, as soon as I heard about him, it was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I took so much influence from him. That's why I want, And I still do. He's a legend. Um, no doubt. But, you know, you just start to understand it more and more. But I would say my mom was the first person to, like, put me on to, put me on to rap and music in general. And, yeah, from there, it's just been like wow this is this is what i want to do
0: now have you always been just jack harlow cuz i know there's the ep and there's 18 which we'll get to but that's the only stuff that's out on like spotify is that was the earlier material under the same name and you just don't put it out there
2: it was actually when i ver- when i first started i um like the first thing i recorded i was just under jack because I really wasn't, you know, I didn't know what else to put. I was just Jack. And then when I started to realize, wow, well, I need like a moniker that can like hold a little more weight on Google. I, um, I went under Mister Harlow, and I pretty much got rid of that by the time I was 15. But the early years, I was under Mister Harlow. Like people, um, people that listen to me, that's what they knew me as. But it's been Jack Harlow for a while, just because it just it feels natural. People don't even like know that's my government name because they, I don't know. It's just it's a different name, so. I think it's like a pen name I came up with. Sometimes it's weird.
0: Yeah, it does. It does have uh, a very kind of. It's so concise. It does kind of have a little bit of a sound, but it's like that could be a character in a movie or something. But it's right. your name. That's right. just who no. you are. <laughs> it's a I'm blessed. I'm Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sign you're meant to have this platform. You know, it just fits. Right. Some kind of star role, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So then, so that. That opportunity kind of comes and goes. I know you ultimately decide not to go with any of those deals and things kind of go away. So then, so when, when that happened, when that moment kind of popped up and it was like maybe a label's going to get you before you get to high school and then it doesn't come together, when did you start getting onto the Handsome Harlow EP? Was that like immediately you just were like, I'm going to do this myself now or what happened next? Um, yeah, like after that happened, uh, the manager I was working
2: with, um really cool guy, he helped me a lot and he helped me learn a lot, especially with that experience. me and him kind of drifted because he was major he was managing some major like acts like pop acts um acts that were paying for his house in l a like you know acts that basically deserved his time, so there was really no disagreement between us, but he couldn't help me as much as um he really needed to in a way, so we maintained the relationship but I didn't really have a direct manager as much anymore just because he was in a different place. And it was like basically grind time now because, you know, the label thing didn't work and now I'm back in Louisville. So let's see what I can do. And it was never really discouraging, but when it happened, it was kind of like, it was sad. I was like, damn, like, you know, anyone It's discouraging, but looking back, you know, I'm, I'm really happy I didn't sign those deals because definitely would not have been to my advantage at this point in my life. But yeah, starting in high school, the next four years of high school, I just grinded um on my own. Um, I recorded, I wrote, I just, like, got better and better. And that's why I would say the four years, like, I really started to, like, develop my craft and um just focus on being a better artist. And then I actually signed a one-project deal with a label in Louisville. Um, and that's how the Handsome Harlow EP came out when I was a, yeah, my senior year. I dropped that. And that dropped with them. And it wasn't my first project because I dropped a mixtape just by myself on on SoundCloud my junior year. And so after my junior year, you know, I got their attention, dropped that song, and then my deal with them was over, maintained the relationship. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty much all on my own. Um, and now I have more of a team around me. But yeah, for the most part, it was just, like, me working out of my bedroom and working in different studios around the city uh, in high school. And, yeah, that's pretty much how it went.
0: Now, what was the first like video you made for this material? Because I, I I've watched them all on YouTube, and you have this really great kind of aesthetic that runs through them all. But uh, was it was it every night? Is that where it started, or was is there another one before that?
2: Well, what's crazy is um, my first music video was made when I was like thirteen, like when I like when I started, oh, wow. like in the early years.
0: with those early tracks,
2: and. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Like, it, I started making videos very early. Now, mm. um, recently, just, like, for branding purposes, I put them on private. I never deleted them. So they're still there, and I want to unveil them again. But just, like, for the approach I'm trying to take right now, they are not, like, currently on YouTube. And a lot of people hit me up all the time, like, where'd
1: they go, where'd they go?
2: And I'm never going to delete them because I don't mm. want them gone. But every once in a while, like, I just feel like putting them on private because I just want to focus on what I'm doing now. But I started making videos, like, on a flip camera when I was 13. Me and my friends after school, we would, um, we would like, you know, get together and just like act wild in front of a camera while the song played. And I like lip synced it. (laughs) And we would think of like outrageous things we could do to it. So I was like, people knew me around the city for the videos very early. Like, I developed like how I looked and my brand like super early just because I was just this kid out of the highlands that was making videos. Even though it was low quality, the songs were low quality. It was like, my persona was on display, like, very early, I guess you could say. And I'm probably going to, you know, put those back up. Um, I don't know when, you know. When I have conversations like these, it makes me wish, like, they were up right now. But um, I don't know. Like, an a artist, I just feel different, different ways at different times. But they're still there. They still exist.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I find it... I love them because I when I first discovered your music, like I I got it so randomly. I was listening to something else. I think I was listening to like Saba or something on Spotify, and it just rolled over to the next song, and it was Ice Cream, and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> uh, and it was kind of cool to be able to log into YouTube and see that you didn't just have one video for Ice Cream, which we'll get to because it's so ridiculous. But you have like this whole archive of content. Like if anyone discovers your music in, on any site, you have so much content out there there's photos there's videos you you seem to be a pretty big media generating machine yeah i've tried to be yeah definitely <laughs> now do you have like a team of like friends or people around you that help you create all of this or do you just kind of find new people for each project i know you've worked with a few different directors
2: yeah as i've gotten older um i definitely have like developed a team around me um i even have like a collective that i kind of thought up last year and put together with a group of people that um, I just worked with organically. It's called Private Garden, and that's kind of like my label collective. And I have a bunch of guys in there that I work with on a consistent basis now. That goes from production to engineering, that, to everything. The video thing is something we haven't locked down as consistently, as you can probably see, because it has been different people making the music. I like I've been wanting to like meet some kid that's like my age that's just passionate about it. That is dope. But you know, that doesn't happen for but a lot of rappers or artists get lucky and they just like have a kid on their team that's amazing at video and they're in up to the long run and they both know they'll make money in the end. But as of now, no, I'm still paying like directors that are a little older than me that are talented. So, um
0: Well you're putting yeah. the word out there though. <laughs> you're, you're putting the word out there. People can people might hear this and be like, I'm that kid they can come to you. Yeah,
2: no, exactly. So no, that's why that's why you gotta say things like that. No, exactly. Um yeah, man. Like, I've definitely developed a team at this point and a group of people around me that are creative and dope and talented, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just, it's come together as I've gotten older.
0: Now, when did you, I know you do some touring. You play outside Louisville some, but is that, is that a relatively new thing? Like, when Handsome Harlow came out, were you touring? Have you been touring for a while now, or is that still something you're kind of getting your feet wet in?
2: That's something I'm, I'm like you said, I'm kind of getting my feet wet in, Cause,
0: um,
2: it, it. I kind of decided that's Definitely something I wanted to focus on doing after I graduated. And when, since I've graduated last year, I've done a ton more shows outside the city. Um, and I can, as, you know, I still do shows in the city from time to time um, that can bring, you know, great crowds. But it didn't take long for me to realize that, like, in order to make a living at this, it has to be more than, you know, huge crowds in Louisville. I need to expand. So, yeah, I, I go down to Atlanta a lot to record, but also to do shows. Um, I perform. I've performed in Atlanta a few times. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to tour more, man. Hopefully, I get on the road this summer. Um, it just depends on if it's the right situation, but I think it'll come just as the music comes. Luckily, the internet kind of like creates those situations for you at this point.
0: Have you uh, have you done South by Southwest before? I know you're heading down there.
2: Nah, it's my first time. It's the first oh, time man. I've been out of school to do it, so I'm hyped.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a life changing week for you, I think. It's it's a wild place. I-
2: I think so, man. I heard I'm gonna be kept busy, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I, rappers really are busy down there. You can do several sets a day. You're gonna have. You're gonna get a workout in.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be tired as hell.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just going into it ready to be tired. Well, you just did. You just did a tour at the top of the year. I remember seeing a video of a kid interviewing you in like North Carolina or something. How was that run? Was that good?
2: Man, that was cool. I got sick in the middle of it, so it didn't like ruin it it didn't ruin it but um i actually like changed my whole diet off that i think i was just eating terrible like i was having like gummy bears and sun chips for dinner like repeated nights in a row because it was just on the road so we were stopping a gas station and i got sick i think totally off of that i think i like destroyed my own immune system so i decided like i'm gonna eat better now and that's been going okay um the food doesn't taste as good but it was a good learning experience for the tour but the tour was cool man um It's an adjustment playing for crowds that aren't yours because I was, you know, an opening act on a tour. So I was playing for uh, kids that didn't know me. So, you know, I'm not scared to take on the underdog role of, like, you know, trying to win people over, but it's definitely more difficult. Um, So, yeah, I'm just trying to focus on having fun on stage. But, yeah, I'm ready ready to get this new music out because one thing I realized while I was on that tour is I'm so sick of performing these songs. I hate so many of these songs because they're it. so old to me that yeah. like I was not even having fun on stage for some of it because I couldn't even rap it passionately, passionately. Some of the songs I would just tell my DJ to skip when I didn't feel like doing them.
0: Um, <laughs> just move forward. I like that.
2: Cause yeah, I was just of them,
0: but you know, this new music, that's how it goes. That's how it goes every time. Yeah we'll, yeah. we'll get to, we'll get to Hitchcock here in a second. We're almost there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. la- so last year, you graduated high school and you dropped 18. Now, did that, was that, did that happen at the same time? See, I'm just, I'm still just hopping on the train, so I don't know what the timeline is. Did you graduate and then no, you're, you're good, <laughs> Yeah,
2: it, it, was, it dropped, like, kind of right after I, uh, kind of right after I graduated, like, a couple of weeks after. So um, it was, like, worked on all throughout that last semester. And, like, a month before it came out is actually when I found the new management that you spoke to today. Or whenever you spoke to him. Yes, yeah, the
0: other and, uh, last week, but yeah, great guys. Last week, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, he he's been great, man. It, I mean, he kind of like changed the trajectory for the whole release. Um, yeah, I dropped that like right after I graduated, and it was just kind of a snapshot of like where I was in life. That's why I named it 18. People thought I was stealing Adele's waves. That was like unintentional, but yeah, it was just kind of like where I was at 18 years old. There's stories in there. There's raps, melodies, all of that.
0: Well, I got to tell you, I think ice cream, ice cream's that song that I think can get a lot of people just interested in what you're doing because it's got the, it's real fun, it's easy to kind of get into. But the song I keep coming back to is "I'm Good." That's that's my track for this for that record for me. Man, that's just that. Uh, I think it showcases a little bit fun. of everything you can do.
2: Yeah, man. Well, thank you. I'm glad. It, you know, what's crazy is yeah, ice cream's definitely the single. But when it comes down to people that listen to the tape, the um, the variety in people's favorite song is like unbelievable honestly like people i've heard literally every song multiple times like that is their favorite and i guess that's cool because you know it means it's a solid tape but there's not a bunch of tracks that people everyone kind of like skipped through like people listen to the whole thing and they they all have different vibes they're feeling so I've heard I'm good a bunch of times. I've heard the other ones a bunch of times. So that's
0: what's up. I appreciate that. No problem, man. And I want to, I do want, we, we mentioned it earlier, but the video for ice cream is so great. And I mean, all of your videos are fun, but that one, it just seems like you really went all out. And where did you get that ice cream truck? Man, we, uh, we, I actually used, when I graduated high school,
2: I immediately like wanted to move out of my parents' house. Like just immediately, just on some, just saw some independence i just felt yeah. like it um and i actually had been recording at a homie's house about 15 minutes from my parents but in like a little bit of worse part of town and uh that's why i decided to move because was some vacancy there and that's why i've been recording so it was already set up to record like kind of a studio in the basement so we moved there and um right down the street actually was a like depot full of ice cream trucks like just on some dirty South shit. Weird. (laughs) I went down there, and I just asked them, like, can we, like, use one?
0: I didn't know what was going to
2: happen. Like, I just, I I had my idea for the video, and I wanted to make it happen. And they said, yeah, like, we could rent it. We rented it for two hours. Um, It cost, like, a little bit of money. I think it was, like, 75 bucks. Like, I don't know. But it actually came with a a driver, and she was super cool. (laughs) She was super into it. Uh, she just had to stay with us the whole time because it was like her truck for that day, and uh, we just ate ice cream and shot the video. Man, it was it was wild.
0: It is. It looks like uh, it looks like that was probably a good day for you. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was really fun. It <laughs> and was, that video, that video is about at sixty thousand plays on YouTube, and I see that the song is going to pass half a million on Spotify soon, which just has to be crazy to you.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's really dope because. I would say that's definitely the song that has opened the most doors for me at this point because that's been the one that's garnered the most attention. I dropped it over a year ago now. It just it's just like kinda of gone crazy compared to what I've done in the past. Um, which my aspirations are much higher. But yeah, half a million is crazy. Just you know, just oh, just man. off that, just off the playlist placements and then like it's not even on the playlist anymore and I consistently see it like getting thousands of plays every day. So, like, real people are, you know, loving it. Like, listening to it over and over again. I don't know. So, that's it's amazing. It's a great feeling.
0: Speaking of it's been out for a year, tomorrow, or I guess when most people are hearing this, probably today or this week, you're releasing a new song, which I actually got to hear this morning. And it's pretty great called Hitchcock. Can you tell me where that comes from?
2: Man. So, damn, I'm so glad you asked me. Because I actually have not really spoken to anyone about where the title came from. So, like, the, first, the opening line of the song is watching Hitchcock's till I drift off. And that was something I just, like, wanted to say. You know, I recorded that song in Atlanta and I wrote it, like, on the spot. Um, My homie Juan and this guy named Jay Reed that we met the same day. I went down with Juan, and him and Jay Reed just made this beat together. And, like, I told him, you know, I kind of want to, like, eclipse, like, for Elsie, or like. And they just made the vows, like, immediately. And it was so hard. And... I just started writing. I was like, "What's been going on in my life currently?" Like, I just wanted to talk about like where I was, and like I've been on this binge. I was on this binge of watching the Hitchcock movies. Something about them, like they're very atmospheric to me. Like, I just love the Hitchcock movies. I watched, I watched like ten of them within like two weeks leading up to us going down to Atlanta, and. um yeah, I was just like that. Nobody talks about that. I thought, like, in hip hop, like, I just thought it'd be like a cool opening line. Like, even if, some people probably don't even know who the hell Hitchcock is. Like, some, some, some of the younger crowd. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
2: so I was just like, you know, I, I, I never mind being esoteric. You don't have to really relate to everyone. That's, that's. So that's what I want to. do. I just want to talk about what I was doing. So I said, watching Hitchcock till I drift off, and then it was just from there. Yeah, I just wrote it from there. But yeah, the whole concept was just something that was like. Kind of real to me no matter how major or minor it is i like writing stuff that is like real to me i can relate to
0: like on a day-to-day
2: basis And to give somebody like a snapshot of that might make somebody check it out and then the cover art is kind of inspired by like one of his biggest movies rear window which is my favorite movie ever probably which i would seen like a long time ago and i'd always love like just the atmosphere of it like i love hitchcock movies because like you kind of familiarize yourself with the setting um, because he, like, stays in the same settings for a while. And so I don't know. I just love those movies. So that was kind of the inspiration for it. And then I just wanted to rap. I just wanted to get some raps off. I hadn't really released anything in a while. And I was like, why not come back with something that's just, like, crazy? Just makes people say, damn.
0: It, it's so funny that you mentioned asking for a clips, like, clips beat, because the very first thing I, I said when I heard the song this morning was, this sounds like a clips song. Like, this, it's it, 100% <laughs> sounds like Lord Willin era yeah. clips. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I love clips and I love that type of production.
2: And what's crazy is I have been asking for that type of production, like, all my life. I just couldn't articulate it yet. Like, I have been attracted to, like, I call it, like, lunch table style beats, Um, where, like, it's just, like, like you just are beating on something, and it's just hitting hard. Like, it's all about the percussion. And I've been attracted to that style since I was, like, since I was young. Like, that's just the style I've been attracted to. And now, like to finally have some people that can make it is amazing. So, like, look out for that sound a lot more going forward because that's always what I've wanted to rap over—is like clips, Chuck English, Cool Kids kind of style, Pharrell Williams inspired style. It's just crazy.
0: How much material are you sitting on? I remember your, your Chris said that you've just been working hard in the studio, so I'm, I'm curious. Like, how much are you just waiting on? Like so
2: many hits, dude. Like, for real, <laughs> I'm sitting on so much heat. I don't know how to. I don't know how to release it. Because it's not like when you're sitting on that much good music, which I've never done before, you don't know like where to start. You don't know like strategically what the best thing to do is. So Hitchcock was clear, like let's just drop this. But Hitchcock is not—it's not a single in the way a melody is a single. Generally, like it's—it's not—it's not—it's not a traditional single. And I'm not gonna put a ceiling on it because it could go crazy. You have no idea, like I have no idea, like how far it could go. But. um... I'm sitting on like a lot of other stuff that has some like hooks and you know different things on it. I don't I don't know what to do because it, it really is a lot of hits. So I don't know what I'm doing project wise. I'm just stacking up right now, like just making the catalog crazy. So we're just sitting on stuff.
0: So you have you have Hitchcock out this week. Kids are gonna go crazy for it. The, the as you mentioned, the artwork is great. I love the art for 18 and for the first EP. But this this is something really eye catching. What you did for Hitchcock. Yeah,
2: thank you, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely more the direction I wanted to head, like more artistic.
0: Yeah. So you got so you got that this week. We got South by is in like two and a half weeks now, and then and then what? What's next for Jack Harlow? I don't know. Um, <laughs> trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, guys, I don't
2: know. Like I, I I have I keep coming back to Atlanta because the people I'm working with down there um, keep bringing me back. Um, so I'll be down there a lot this year, I'm sure. I but saw
0: more recording. I saw that photo of you and Young Dro. You think maybe we'll see that collaboration?
2: <laughs> I hope so, man. Um,
0: <laughs> so good.
2: He's like the coolest dude ever. That was out of nowhere. I was in the studio and I had heard that Young Dro had heard my stuff and like liked it. Um, but then somebody told me like, yo, he's he wants you to come over right now. Like one of his associates called us, so we just went over there in the middle of a session to his strip club. And uh, it's called Blue Ivory, and he just like walked us around it and talked to me for like three hours. Like didn't look at his phone once. Like he's just like a super down to earth dude. That but he's still a character. Like he's he's wild as hell for real. Um, and he wanted to take pictures. He wanted me to just sit in his cars, just to sit in them. <laughs> and then like he was taking me around the strip club, like telling me how like like I could do the same thing. Um, I don't know. And I think there's some interest on the table, but nothing like, nothing to really, nothing really like worth discussing yet. But the relationship's there. um, I talked to him on the phone a couple weeks ago. Um, He's just a good guy. Like, that's somebody that I would love to, like, just develop, like, a genuine friendship with going forward. But yeah, we definitely need to get a collab off. I have no doubt that will happen. I need a verse from him.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> well, I feel like I mean, there's a couple of collaborations on 18, but I feel like that's one thing we haven't really heard you do too much of yet. So I assume that that's on the horizon.
2: Yeah, I hope so, man. I like, I'll be I'll be straight up with you. I'm not really sitting on one, um, <laughs> but I
0: mean, you got other obviously
2: stuff. <laughs> there's, there's yeah there's potential for one right now. Obviously with the drill thing, and then I have some I have some other relationships, but yeah, I haven't really. I don't know. Like in the beginning, I've kind of wanted to. I know the collabs will come. Collabs are things that just inevitably come for artists that are getting bigger. So I've never been one to like try and collaborate with everyone around me just because just I'm lazy. Like, I feel like that's almost like a lazy move. Sometimes people don't want to write a second verse. And so they cloud their own song with um, collaborations with people that are just like, okay. Um, and for me, the whole point right now is to raise myself up, you know, like get myself on a higher platform. And then collaborate like that. I'm still developing my style and like developing my brand. There's no reason for me to like confuse people. Because one thing I hate is when I'm introduced to a new artist and they have a feature on every track and I don't even know their own voice yet. And so I'm trying to figure out like what song should I listen to that isn't going to be like almost muddied by this like somebody they threw on there. Like, there's really no reason for that yet. I feel like but, you know, there's definitely gonna be collabs on the horizon. Like Young Joe is not an example of what I'm talking about,
0: oh, of, course, of course. Obviously
2: there's artists that I need to collaborate with if I uh-huh. have the opportunity. But no, I don't just collaborate to collaborate.
0: Yeah, well I think I think especially in your case, you're really telling a story. Like so far your fans have like followed you growing up and I think are kind of waiting to hear the next chapter. So it's not really a point where like we need someone else's story, we're still kind of learning yours. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, I gotta tell you, man, I like, I love to see what you're doing for hip hop, especially in Louisville. I know everyone loves Bryson Tiller, but I like you bringing something else to the table.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No hate oh, on yeah, Bryson a, Tiller, a,
0: but I love, I yeah. love that you show a different side of Louisville.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. So no, I appreciate that. Cause, uh, you have to, you have to bring something new or there's really no reason for people to uh, give their free time to you. So, no, I totally agree. I'm a, I'm a Tiller stand now. You know, that's a collab that, that's I mean, <laughs> one collab that, that's gonna make happen, it happen. <laughs> yeah. And we've it a few times, and obviously it's just my job to get to the level where it's worth it for him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't see it being an issue, but I know he wants Louisville scene to succeed probably as much as anyone. So we'll make
0: it happen. Uh, yeah, Louisville needs a needs an anthem from you two, if nothing else. Yeah, that'd be would be fine. You two are kind of helping put the city on the map in music in a big way, and I, I love seeing it. <laughs> exactly yes, <laughs> well man i don't want to keep you for too much longer i i, I know you're a busy guy but i thank you for taking the time to talk to me it's it's crazy to me that you're still 18 years old and you have such a like a strong head on your shoulders and you know what you want out of this industry especially in your genre where people so easily get distracted by pointless shit you seem to know what you want to do
2: well thank you no i appreciate that that's, that's a huge compliment um yeah i, <laughs> I, I i'm just blessed bro like I'm not. I'm not that special or anything. You know, I've had great. I've had great parents my whole life. Great people around me. Grew up in a great environment. So you know, I have all the advantages in the world. So I'm just blessed.
0: Well, real quick for people listening, what's the easiest way to keep up with everything Jack Harlow is doing this year? Um, yeah, no, it's simple.
2: Luckily, I have um, at Jack Harlow. So it's J A C K H A R L O W. Instagram, Twitter. You can look me up on Facebook if you're still on that. But uh, Instagram and Twitter is really where I'm most active. Um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Jack Harlow, YouTube.com/slash Jack Harlow. Real simple. I'm gonna have a nice, nice little website slash landing page for y'all soon. But you know, we're just on social media right now. Spotify, Jack Harlow. Just look it all up. But that should be pretty easy to find.
0: Yeah, I think once people see that that image, that cartoon image of your face, uh, it's pretty hard to not not remember it. It's pretty. You stand out
2: right no, appreciate
0: it <laughs> you got a look i love but all right man thank you so much and uh we'll we'll get this out probably tomorrow so that everyone can go hear hitchcock right away and then uh we'll see what happens man i'm excited to watch what happens next for you
2: okay awesome man well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
0: no problem man have a great day
2: good talking to you yep later
0: later so that was my conversation with jack harlow now, as promised, I want to play you a quick snippet of his new single, Hitchcock, which you can find available on all major streaming platforms right now. After that, the show's over. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, whoa. Hey. Watching Hitchcock's till I drift off. Woke up to this beat and let the shit not. She won't give time to so my dick, so clockwork every weekend it's like tick tock. I just hit Atlanta, I got two for with me in the cockpit. I might just take him to Pluto with me. If Bruno hit me, we might have to. Fuck-